0: We all remember the story of Solomon. Most of us, if we went to Bible schools, what we remember is that Solomon, the young boy king, was too young to be king, but he had to be king. So God said, I will give you whatever you ask for. And he could have asked for wealth, and he could have asked for for power, but instead he asked for wisdom. And that impressed God so much that he gave him the others as well. The search for wisdom was very important in ancient times. It was, a, it was considered the highest goal was to be one of those that searched for wisdom. And only a certain group could do it. Not just because they were smart, but because most people had to work all day just to have enough food to eat to live till the next day to work all day. You couldn't be walking around thinking. So you had to have donors. You had to have wealthy patrons that helped you think. Think of Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, Aristotle. All of these people had wealthy people funding them. You just go think. Every so often, I'll talk to somebody that'll say, I'd really love to be an archaeologist. And I say, you know, that's a fantastic thing to want to do. The problem is you have to find somebody that will pay you to do it. And there are worldwide five jobs. You know, that's... that's, And yet, that grieves me because we need archaeologists. We need linguists. I, I... told you before in the british museum we have enough manuscripts and tablets to fill this building easily that have never been translated you might go oh what what information's on there well you have to pay somebody to learn the languages and then you have to pay somebody that their mortgage and their food and their kids college fund while they read them and most people go oh, i'd rather have an iphone <laughs> and so we don't get this the search for wisdom is not easy and it takes funding. It takes focus. In those days, common people looked up to those who searched for wisdom. We generally called them poets at that day. They weren't just making rhyming things about trees and birds. They were thinking about science and they were thinking about meaning and philosophy. The poets were the highest of the social order of the day. They knew why why'd the poor people lift them up so much. Because they knew whatever insights they get would help us. Think of the space program. America once had a thriving space program, and now when you talk to people about a space program, they'll say, why should we put a man on Mars whenever we got hungry people here? It's a false dichotomy. That, those, uh, those years, a few decades where you had a great space program is where you've got all the information you needed from everything from Velcro to vitamins to food storage to microwaves to iPhones to all of that came from the science figured out by those people and whenever the people then said you know we don't have enough money for them you, you end up cutting your own throat um, right now if we want to put if America wants to put a, a rocket up in space we have to ask the Chinese or the Russians to do it for us I don't see how that could possibly go wrong but, uh, let's face it people life is hard Life is hard, and it's even harder if you choose to be stupid, if you choose to be ignorant. It really does. It makes it harder. If you say, I've just decided I'm not going to learn anything. Okay. It's going to be harder now. And we can be like that. We We can sit in every class in school and say, this is stupid. Welcome to your life. You might not like it. I understand that. And you may never use it again. I get that as well. I had teachers that told me, you are going to use algebra one day. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Could happen. But I learned how to learn by learning algebra. I learned that other things are out there that are important by learning algebra. It's, life is hard. You need to know, you need to understand, and you need to apply to make your life more comfortable, safer, more meaningful. One of the earliest poems in human history that have been passed on to us is Job 28. At one time, it was a standalone poem, but it was incorporated into the book of Job later, and it's right there where it should be. Job chapter 28, I want you just to listen I'm not going to put the verse... I don't think I'm having these verses put up. Job chapter 28, verses 1 through 12. There is a mine for silver. There's a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Mortals put an end to the darkness. They search out the farthest recesses for ore in the blackest darknesses. Far from human dwellings, they cut a shaft... In places untouched by human feet, far from other people, they dangle and sway. The earth from which food comes is transformed below as if by fire. Lapis lazuli comes from its rocks, from its dust contains nuggets of gold. No bird of prey knows that hidden path, no falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it, no lion prowls there. People assault the flinty rock with their hands, lay bare the roots of the mountains. They tunnel through the rock. Their eyes see all of its treasures. They search the sources of the river and bring hidden things to light. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? We can dig and we find stuff. We can go places that the birds have never seen. We can smelt and and mix things and turn up such great beautiful things but without wisdom it means nothing where are we going to find wisdom wisdom is more valuable than jewels but you can only get it by hard work by mining down every time I see a commercial that'll say you know learn a language in three months I'm going the only way is to move there if you want to do it in three months I learned French, then I went to France, didn't know French, thought I knew it, studied it for four years, got A's, teachers said I was brilliant, went to France, <laughs> nope, <laughs> not a bit of it, you know, they, they would look at me, I would say something, they'd say something back, and I was reduced to saying things like, my aunt has a red pencil box, you know, just what the, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know it. If you want to know it, you've got to go there. You've got to mine deeply. You've got to go for it. Wisdom, the, uh, chapter 28 says, cannot be comprehended. It cannot be found in the land of the living. The grave and the sea say it's not there either. It can't be bought with the greatest amounts of gold and silver. Same chapter, verses 20 through 24. So where, where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say, "Only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it. And He alone knows where it dwells. This is a call-and- response poem. The first person, by the way, and for he sees the ends of the Earth and sees everything under the heavens, the first one's going, "Where? Where, Where, Where?" Then the other one responds, "God knows where it is. You should know call and response, because mountain music, uh, Southern music, is all based upon call and response. Fiddle tunes are broken down to A and B. You do A twice, you do B once, then you, you do A, B. It's a call and response. These poems are call and response. Where are we going to find wisdom? Well, only God has wisdom. Then the poem ends like this in one verse He said to the, the human race, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Can I just say something here? Some of you might be thinking, well, it's easier for some people to get wisdom than others, because they're just smarter. I need to explain something to you. The smarter a person is, the dumber they are in other things. I know this. (laughs) The more you know about what you know, the less you know about everything else. I can do an awful lot with the degrees that I got but if my toaster's broken, it's getting thrown away. You might say, well, just attach that wire. Nope. Why? I, it could explode. Uh, I, I don't know. My father tried his level best to teach me how to run wires in a house. Still don't know. I read a couple books on it. Still don't know. I know how to find out if something's live. <laughs> oh. That's all I know. So, I don't want you to sit there and think, well, I'm not smart. I never went to college. I don't have. There are skills you have and wisdom you have, and you can find wisdom too, because we all have equal access to God. So, don't let this be about book learning. This is about access to God. Before we go into Proverbs, we need to spend a, a minute noting something he does. Remember, last week it was all about the wayward woman. Some of you women might have gotten a bit tired of that. Wouldn't blame you. Wouldn't blame you at all. But if you notice when he talks about wisdom, he refers to wisdom as a woman. Her. Always personifies wisdom as a female. Maybe he's balancing out things a bit. He portrays woman as vital to the running of life, family, business, society. It's woman who brings glory and honor to the earth and to man. She is his crown. She exalts and honors the man who's wise enough to embrace her in return. She provisions her household, it says, with moral and material well-being. She builds her house, sets her table, teaches insight. Women get their due on this one. Solomon didn't write chapter 31, you know that chapter that every woman's day likes to bring out and beat each other up with couple of things. One, the guy that wrote it was writing about his mom. Moms are perfect. Two, he wasn't doing a typical day. That was a record of her life. You couldn't do all of that every day. Not even on drugs, you couldn't do that. So don't beat yourself up with it. It is about, this is, this is, if a woman follows God, she's like this woman. She makes this kind of difference. If she doesn't follow God, she's like the wayward woman in chapter 7. He's telling his guys, pick, pick wisely. Sometimes people will say, ask me about, you know, how do you avoid marriage issues and how do you avoid this? And, you know, what's the secret to a happy marriage? And my answer is always the same, but they don't like it. And that's, marry Cammie. Um, <laughs> you're a bit late, you know. Uh, so, sorry. It's pick who you marry pretty wisely. That's, you're going to have to, be careful there back to our story God's work began with wisdom and the way he laid out the universe that's pretty wise it's amazingly wise the way he brought us into it that's wise the way he works with us that's wise we'd be we would do well to pay attention to God we would do well to pay attention to whatever God wants us to know I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 8 verses 32 through 36 Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction. Be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors. This this is wisdom speaking. Watching at my doorway. For those who find me find life and favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Remember, like I said, life is hard. You can make it harder if you choose to be stupid, if you choose to be ignorant. You don't have to do that. You can choose to learn. The sciences were once referred to as thinking God's thoughts after him. No matter if you're studying rocks or the human anatomy or astronomy, they were said that you were thinking God's thoughts after him because to study those was to study the wisdom of God. Study's important. You can't do that here. Not Sunday morning. Once you do the maths on this, if you go to Bible classes every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night, you you and if you went to school two hours a week, it would take you over forty years to get out of first grade. So how fast are you growing in the spiritual realm if you're not thinking, feeling, studying, learning? Listening getting deep in you don't have to you can be shallow as you want to be, but it makes life a lot harder So we can only cover this from a great height today. We're flying over it quick Quickly. Sorry. Sorry. See I learned adverbal form there There's there's not enough time to do it justice. So let's know the basics proverbs chapter 8 and verse 1 wisdom has built her house she is set up at seven pillars there are those that think he was using seven pillars because of the way you build a house of the courtyard back then. I won't go into much detail there, but there are seven pillars of wisdom that he lays out. Look at verses um, 12 through 14. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight, I have power. All right, very quickly, we're going to take a look at these prudence. That's just thinking about the law of consequences. If you touch that wire once and it blew you across the room and you saw Jesus, don't touch it again. <laughs> Be prudent. If you see ahead of you in history that addiction's a bad idea, don't start on the road to addiction. If you see ahead of you in history that adultery always causes tears and heartache, don't do it. It's a, ma- it's a matter of pay attention, open your eyes, and see. Michael Crichton, the late Michael Crichton, MD, uh, was a brilliant man, IQ off the charts. And he wrote a lot of books that became very famous movies. One that became a not famous movie was The 13th Warrior. And in that there's one scene which really always made me smile. The Vikings are going back up to their land, and they have with them an Arab trailer, uh, a trader, rather. And the Arab does not speak their language. But at the very end, as they arrive, he speaks back to them in their language. And they think that means witchcraft. And they're very panicked. And they, get a, they put a sword to his throat and they say, how did you know our language? And he said, I paid attention. I listened. Are you listening? Are you aware? Jeff Cooper, the, the late Marine colonel that taught so much about weaponry and such, said most people walk through life in condition white. They don't see anything. They don't notice anything. Therefore, they are a target for anybody. Whether it's a politician or a criminal, but I repeat myself, or a, um, uh, a, a, um, sorry, I wasn't planning to say that, Um, a marketing ploy, whatever it is, they're just a target. Do you remember the wayward boy? He calls him a foolish boy that there's no understanding. He says he walks around aimlessly. God says, don't do that. Know where you're going. There are three questions that I ask people to ask themselves all the time. Where am I? Where do I want to be? And what will get me there? These are very simple. But they are very profound. Where are you? Gentlemen, let's assume you're a Fred Flintstone type. You just kind of walk home. Where's my dinner? You know, caveman, Neanderthal type guy. You come home. You're hungry. You're tired. Wife sitting there watching telly, television with um, fuzzy slippers on there's no dinner. Stop for a minute. Where are you? You're a hungry, tired guy. Where do you want to be? Rested, fed guy. What will get you there? Yelling at her? Nope. Call the dominoes, mate. (laughs) I'd say that's your better move. (laughs) You, You think, where do I want to be? You're on the road, somebody cuts you off. You start, ah, no, hang on. Where are you? I'm on the road. Where do you want to be? I want to be there, safe and happy. What will get you there? Yelling at the guy? Nope. So let's, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Would somebody lift this? We're going to have a baptism. Um, and I know you were baptized before, but this time we're going to keep you down to the bubble stop, just to make sure. <laughs> Doesn't always take first time, you know, so... Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Anyway. Yeah, it, it's all right. We used to be friends. Um, <laughs> knowledge and discretion. Discretion. Pay attention to this bit, Steve. Um, life is hard. Like I said, why would you choose not to read? Why would you choose not to know? I have people that say, you know, the world's just awful, but I just, I just won't watch the news. Well, do you read a newspaper or anything? No, no. isn't kind of important. You know, if there are snakes in the world, wouldn't you like to know where they are? What they look like? Read. Pay attention. And read people that you disagree with, too. You've got to. Listen to people you disagree with. Learn knowledge. Where two people agree about everything, one of them is unnecessary. We need the differences to get knowledge. And then discretion. Wisdom is seen in those who choose to learn to think. They think before they act, and then they apply what they've learned. What can we learn from this? And they make the adjustments along the way. They're not pinballs in a machine. They're thinking. They act. They don't react. Then fear God and hate evil. Fearing God's a hard concept for us because we keep talking about the love of God. It's not a contradiction, Fear doesn't mean laying under the bed shaken. It means be wise to, pay, it's wise to pay attention to God and respect God for being God. He's God, you're not. The two big facts of the universe. There is a God, you're not him. Once you get that down, it's easier to pay attention to God. I drove to Tulsa and back this uh, this week and that would it, it went well thank you for all your prayers i can't do what i do without your prayers and it humbles me how many of you tell me you're praying for me it just amazes me thank you but as i drove through tennessee they, either they're they're running out of money or something big was coming because just from here to memphis i drove through eight speed traps but i wasn't worried wasn't speeding if you're not you know do i fear the police yes it means i respect them but I'm not afraid of them because I'm not in rebellion. You understand? All right. So we fear God, but we're not afraid of Him. All right. That said, remember He is God, He is the Creator. And remember that evil is something we hate. We don't flirt with it, we don't play around with it. We don't call adultery a fling, an affair. We don't call A lie a little white lie we say it was a lie we we hate evil I've told my wife years ago when I I ran a mental health uh, counseling thing um, that's what we had on the sign mental health counseling thing Um, (laughs) I said I could stop the teens from ever ever getting on drugs ever being pregnant outside of marriage, ever all this other, I could stop it. All they'd have to do is sit in my office for a month and listen to the pain that comes in. You learn to hate evil. You hate evil. We don't minimize it. We take God at his word. If he says it's good, we say it's good. If he says it's evil, we say it's evil. And then counsel is another pillar. How eager are you to hear a viewpoint other than the one you already hold? That's a struggle for me. And I imagine it is for some of you as well. But everything I've ever learned came from somebody who knew something I didn't. I had to listen to somebody with a different point of view. Do you resist counsel or accept it? Are you willing to give counsel to others in gentleness, humility, and love? David and Solomon, by the way, both had counselors. 1 Kings chapter 12 uh, speaks of Solomon's old men who stood before him to give him counsel hey church here's an idea Uh, we've got to work on this we don't want our older members wisdom to die with them so we need to find classes for them to teach we need to get them comfortable to share their information sometimes we need to put them all up here on chairs and just say how'd you stay married for 118 years And you might get one of them going, I don't know. You know, (laughs) regretted it every day. But you probably won't. You might get some insight. Wouldn't it be nice to hear from them? So we've got to find a way to make that work. And then sound judgment. Wording here indicates that wisdom reveals itself because that you, you are wise. And they can tell because you applied what you knew. That's wisdom. Sound judgment. Do you live what you say you believe? And then understanding. Acceptance of what's true. And adjusting as necessary. Life is not a bullet fired and you just go on your trajectory. We're more of a ship at sea and you have to constantly adjust the direction to get where you want to go. Understanding there are forces against you. Wind, waves, drag, all of that sort of thing, you're going to have to adjust every single second of every single day to get where you want to go. I pray God that if I live another couple of years, I don't die believing everything I believe right now, because I want him to keep teaching me as I go. And that means I'm going to have to drop off some beliefs and pick up some others. But that's what life is supposed to be. Well, the ultimate example of wisdom is God and that includes God in the flesh and that God came to us and we're going to celebrate his death, burial and resurrection here in the next two weeks. By the way, I was told by Melinda that the hardest slots to fill on Invoke that's going well, but the hardest slots are the afternoon slots because so many people work during the afternoon. If there's a way that you have afternoons off and you can plug in one of those hours, that's when you're most needed. So file that away. Anyway, Jesus the Messiah is the one we were waiting for. Let's look at Luke 2 40. And the child grew, became strong, and look at this. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This was foretold a long time before in the book of Isaiah. Can't wait till we get to talk about Isaiah. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt. Faithfulness, the sash around his waist. If it sounds funny to you little ones, especially, that he's going to strike the earth with his mouth, it means his teaching changes the world. Changes everything. I'll never forget the email I got when we were out in Colorado working there. When I saw the email name, I went, "Uh uh-oh. Because I have a past too. And I clicked on it. They said, are you the Patrick who, and I was. And it said, I can't quote what it said, because it had some naughty words. But I knew them, because I have a past. Basically, it said, what, let's say, in the world, happened to you. Because I didn't used to be Christian guy, this loving cherubic. There can be more than one baptism if you keep this up. <laughs> and I had to say, I met Jesus. Changed everything. And it's still changing everything. Jesus said he only spoke the words his father told him to speak. And he said that was wisdom. He only did the work his father sent him to do. He taught what the father wanted him to teach. The scripture says in Acts 10, he went about doing good. And then he said, follow me. So we're going to do good. We're going to love people. We're going to be righteous. We're going to live in justice. We're going to put our arms around anybody that needs it. Because if we do so, we will transform the world. This is our last passage. And then Mark. Is it Mark and the team or just Mark? It's, it's, what does that mean? Wrap it up? Uh, (Laughter) I don't know the signals. I'm not a musician. Uh, All right. Everybody come up if you're coming up. And the rest of us will look at this. Isaiah 11. The wolf. What happens whenever we listen to God? The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion and the yearling together. A little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand in the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, that's Jesus Christ and his people, will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Wouldn't that be wonderful, church? Well, then it's up to us to make it happen. Embrace God. Embrace wisdom.